Hi, and welcome to Deep Leadership. I'm your host, John Rennie. Today on the podcast, my guest is Philip Freeman. Philip is the founder and CEO of Murphy's Naturals, a North Carolina-based manufacturing company that makes all-natural products for outdoor living, like bug repellent. Today, we discuss how he made a major pivot in his business during this COVID crisis. Leaders, this is a fascinating interview about how to lead your organization through this crazy time. So, are you ready to dive in? Let's get started. Welcome to Deep Leadership. Leadership is a people business. That's the philosophy of your podcast host, John Rennie. As a former Cold War submarine officer who spent 20 plus years leading businesses in corporate America before starting his own manufacturing business, he knows that leadership matters. Leadership matters. Are you ready for some real world actionable advice from John as well as his expert guests? I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. The show starts right now. Welcome to the Deep Leadership Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Philip Freeman. Philip is the founder and CEO of Murphy's Naturals, a manufacturing company focused on making natural products for outdoor living. He's also a former U.S. Navy deep sea diving officer. I've known Philip for a few years, but I wanted to get him on the show today to talk about some of the changes he has made in his company since the COVID crisis. I'm excited for you to hear how he has made a pivot in his company to help fight this global pandemic. So, Philip, welcome. Hi, John. Thanks so much for having me. It's really good to have you, and I'm really excited to hear this story, and I think uh, all of our listeners are going to enjoy it as well. So, tell us about Murphy's Naturals and also the co-working space you found at Loading Dock Raleigh. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll be happy to. Well, Murphy's Naturals is a Raleigh, North Carolina-based company, and we're a company that believes in the importance of natural products and the benefits they provide. And we believe that health and wellness come from the environment. And we're a natural products company, and we focus specifically on mosquito repellent products. Um, that's our core focus. We're going to expand out from that. And uh, we've only been around since 2014, so not for a very long time. Um, but uh, we've, we've really enjoyed uh, growing our brand and growing our natural products uh, over these last few years. And how about Loading Dock Raleigh? Sure. Uh, it was interesting. Um, Murphy's Naturals Origins are out of our garage in North Raleigh. And uh, we, we grew into a, another space, a small space that we outgrew almost as, as fast as we moved into it. And uh, when I was doing that, I still had a full-time job. So it was kind of side hustle. And, um, you know, when I had to sign that lease, I was thinking, gosh, you know, is this company going to make it? Um, is it, uh, it going to thrive? I have to sign this lease, multi-year lease, and give a personal guarantee. And it's like, man, there are a lot of hurdles to entrepreneurialism. And, but I moved ahead on all of them. But as soon as we outgrew that space, which was within six months, um, we were looking for new space. And when we were doing that, um, we were going to move into this building just north of downtown Raleigh that was being completely renovated. It was a huge building and several different businesses were going to go in it. And I saw an opportunity um, to snag more square footage and create a co-working space because I thought, gosh, how about if I can create a work environment where I can remove a lot of those hurdles 
that entrepreneurs have, the same hurdles mm-hmm. I had, you yes. know, yeah. signing leases, um, you know, the commitments that are to them. So, so our, our programs are month to month base. And we did something a little different at Loading Dock. We also opened an operating side to the business, which is yeah, our co-warehouse. Good. Yes. Um, so it's not just front of office like you typically see in a co-working space. It's also the operational side of a business. And, and that's it's been so rewarding. And seeing all the companies thrive and grow out of there, it's just, just been the best. It's really good. It's a neat space. I've been there many times. And uh, so it really, congratulations on a great concept. And I guess I'm making it a reality too, so... Yeah, you never know, right? Uh, you never know. That's true. It's it's unusual, I think, for a startup to start a startup for startups, and that's kind of what we were doing. That's that's amazing. <laughs> I love yeah. it. I love it. I don't know if it was wise at the time, but it's worked out great. It really has. We had a vision, that's for sure, and it's it's, it's panned out. So that's great. So tell us, uh, you were in the military, you were in the Navy, like myself. So how has the Navy or your experience in the Navy, how has that affected your leadership style or maybe your style as an entrepreneur? Sure. Um, well, it had a great impact, uh, quite frankly. Um, I, I grew up on the farm. I was the youngest mm. of five kids. My oldest brother went to the Naval Academy and uh, he became a Naval officer and a deep sea diver. Oh, nice. Uh, I was the youngest of those five, and I followed in his footsteps. I decided at an early age that's what I wanted to do. We all grew up on a farm, um, which was a great experience. Um, But uh, going into the Navy, I I worked in some pretty special communities, and I worked in smaller commands and with Mm -hmm. smaller detachments and groups being a diver. And, you know, what what I learned from it is just just how – important it is to have the right camaraderie uh, with your team, with mm-hmm. the people that you work with, whether mm-hmm. they're senior to you or they're subordinate to you. Um, and they were just organizations and groups where we really had to rely on each other. So everyone mm-hmm. had to pull their weight. Everyone had to lean in and you had to trust, you know, you really had to be able to trust everyone because a lot of times your life depended on it. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. so um, I had, I had many great experiences, but you know, for sure, you know, having a, a great opportunity to work with excellent people in such a tight knit uh, group was 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 meaningful. Mm. And that just translated right into your working in in uh, as a startup CEO, right? In terms of just having a team around you, trusting each other, you know, having each other's back, right? It's it's absolutely mm-hmm. uh, you know a very similar situation, and I have really dynamic team. I, I am one of the most fortunate people. I have all these young people that are working for me. And, you know, it's, I don't care what anyone says about the millennial generation. Mm. I think they can be the most important generation. And I have a great group of young people and they lean in, they work yeah. hard and they rally. We're all unified in our goals and our objectives, you know, all, all around our mission. And uh, it's it's a, it's a great thing. So it's very much like that environment I had in the military, and and it's rewarding to be able to experience that uh, many years later. Ah, oh, that's great to hear. That's great to hear. And I I would have to say my team. I have a similar team, so I know exactly what you're talking about. So that's fan- fantastic. Um, so let's um let's talk a little bit about the pivot. Um, so we had the COVID crisis come through. 
and you make a very unique product. You're making, in, well, one of the products you make is an insect repellent that is sort of liquid in a, in a container. And the other thing that's liquid in a container is, you know, the, the hand sanitizer. So where, when did it come about that that was an idea to switch, maybe switch your production over to make hand, hand sanitizers? Was it something that you had to do that you felt like you, you needed to do? Or what was the whole emphasis behind the pivot? Well, sure. And and much like yourself, John, when things like this happen, when situations like the coronavirus happen and they're hitting our country so hard, we, we look for ways and opportunities to see what we can do. It's how, how we're wired. And mm. um, I didn't know what that opportunity would be necessarily. And um, someone had asked me a little over a month ago um, in March, had said, hey, is there a possibility that you could make hand sanitizer? And I, and I said, well, I don't know. I hadn't, hadn't considered mm. that, but I can look into it um, because there's FDA requirements. There are all sorts of things that are required. And I started checking and I realized that, you know, not only do we have the equipment to, to fill these bottles with hand sanitizer, we have the majority of the ingredients needed. So, mm. So what, what we did initially is we just made some tabletop batches of several hundred, and, and we did it to do good. We gave them to members of our co-working community and handed them out to people because it was so hard to get a hold of. Um, and then we were doing a little bit of research to see, okay, how do we get FDA approval for this? And, and it usually takes about a 60-day process, but the FDA lowered the requirements, and they mm. basically said, if you have the necessary permits in place as a manufacturer for carrying ethanol products, and you have ethanol or a similar type product, then you have the freedom to follow one of two recipes to make hand sanitizer. So this changed everything because it meant we can make it for a lot more people than just the folks that we know and in our community. Yeah. So, so, so from that, um, we were like, okay, well, that's 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 terrific. And right on the heels of that, um, over the course of a weekend, my brother had told someone who told someone who had to do with the Navy. And all of a sudden, I'm getting a phone call from someone in the Navy over the weekend. And they said, hey, we, we heard you're making hand sanitizer. I was like, well, we've made a little bit of it, and we're working on it. And they said, well, how about how about you make some for us? We're desperate for it. And I said, okay, well, we'll figure that out. We can, we can do that. And so next thing you know, you're making hand sanitizer for the Navy. That's exactly right. Isn't that bizarre? I mean, go, go figure. So, you know, that was a, that was a weekend conversation. We had artwork done for labels because you have to do it in an official way. Right. Uh, We had our label printer print it overnight and then ship it to us overnight. And so within 72 hours of those phone conversations, we were filling bottles with hand sanitizer and getting them ready to ship to the U.S. Navy. So how did your team feel about that? I mean, you know, I know when we first heard about this, we met as a manufacturing group in my company. We said, we wonder what we could do to help. And I'm sure there was that conversation within your team as well. But then, you know, it, you actually, it became a reality and then you ended up helping the Navy of which they've been in the headlines, right? First, a lot of the sailors have been getting sick on board. So how did it feel with yourself and also your employees 
knowing that you're making a difference? Uh, well, it, it made a huge difference. We felt so good about being able to find that opportunity to help mm. because we were looking for it and we didn't know exactly what it was. We were doing some other things, but not on, not on this scale and not as meaningful. And um, we're a certified B Corporation. Mm -hmm. um, and part of being a certified B Corporation, you know, is your focus on the triple bottom line. Um, and, and the way our company is, part of that's about doing others good. Mm -hmm. And so we're always looking for the opportunity to do others good. And a lot of the people who work for us at our company work there because they found out about us and, and what our culture is. So we have a team that's wired much the same way as I am. They, mm. they love the opportunity. So everyone was ecstatic that we could do something within our own facility with our resources to help out. And, and so every, I mean, we were working late nights, we we're working long weekends, figuring it out because we had all kinds of equipment manufacturing issues because right, of the right. difference in viscosities, but, but everybody jumped in and, uh, and made a difference. So, we were, we we're ecstatic about the opportunity to help. And, 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 you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this isn't a profit. Uh, this isn't profitable. This isn't a, this is something that's necessarily helping the company. You're more helping others right now. Is that right? Yeah, that's the focus. Um, yeah. So this isn't about pushing a product or anything. We, we, we're, we haven't been in the hand sanitizer business. Um, is it something we'll continue to do? We might, um, but we, we don't know. We don't know for sure. But uh, for us, you know, one of the finite resources, which is very interesting during these times, bottles and caps mm, yeah. uh, for things like hand sanitizer, um, just like toilet paper and hand sanitizer itself is so difficult to find at retail on the industrial level, finding caps and bottles is almost impossible. Mm. So we have a finite amount of inventory of bottles and caps, which are for our lemon eucalyptus oil spray. Um, yeah. That's, that's our repellent spray. That's so popular. And I love um, it by the way. Thank you. I we have it. it. We have it here at the house. So <laughs> excellent, excellent. Well, um, you know, we have only so many of those bottles, and so you know, but we're we're okay with the fact that we're going to cannibalize some of that lemon eucalyptus oil business, and those products sell for twice as much as a bottle of hand sanitizer yeah. does. Yeah. If you're pricing your hand sanitizer in a responsible way, which a lot of people weren't. Um, so, so yeah, so we're. You know, so for every bottle we use of of that is a bottle we can't sell of the lemon eucalyptus oil, but that's okay. You know, these, that's okay. They're unique times. This is a, this is a special time, and we're just we're just thankful again to have the opportunity to do others good. Do others good, and you're making a difference. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So as you made a pivot, so I, a lot of business leaders are facing like if you own a restaurant right now, you're switching to maybe takeout only. Uh, you know, if you're, everybody's facing a different kind of challenge. If you're a school, you run a school, right? You've got to teach your, your you got to get your teachers now teaching remotely. So everybody's dealing with this big change. So, so what kind of advice would you give to other leaders who are thinking about, you know, a pivot? What are some things they need to consider? What are some things that maybe worked in your pivot? Maybe things that didn't work? And maybe some lessons learned as you've kind of went through this process. I know viscosity, you just mentioned, I never even thought about that, but that's probably a big issue when you're talking about bottling and what have you. So. Oh, it, it, yeah, it was absolutely. And, and you have to figure out how to solve that. And again, good people came in and helped us to retrofit our equipment so that we could run hand sanitizer on it uh, at the, at the viscosity 
that it is by nature. Um, but, you know, I, I would say for folks, and, and I, I, I would think in general that most business owners are of a mind to help. And, mm. and they want to, especially in these times. And that's one of the wonderful things about this country. We're so adaptable. When mm. things happen and things happen that are difficult, we set, we set other issues aside and we try and figure out how to help one another. And mm. so I would say to anyone who's thinking about it is really look at your resources. Look to see what are your assets? What are the things that you have? You don't necessarily have to make a respirator or masks or our hand sanitizer. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there might be something you can do. And it doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be uh, massively significant. It could be small things. And one of the things that's important to us and in part of our mission statement is, is about inspiring good. Mm-hmm. Um, and by doing good, you inspire others to do good. So even if it's a small thing, you know, look to see what you can leverage as a company, but then also speak with your people, speak with your employees and find out what, what are they motivated about? Do they have some ideas? Um, can they think of something creative um, that they know about that maybe you can help within the community? Maybe you can help with just the employees within your company. So even the small things are meaningful and especially mm-hmm. when other people can see it and they're inspired by that and they do good themselves. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Deep Leadership is brought to you by Strikeforce Energy. Strikeforce Energy is a veteran-owned company founded by a Navy SEAL, and their products are all made in the USA. Strikeforce Energy is a liquid flavor pack that you can add into any beverage. It has zero calories, zero carbs, and zero sugar. Each pack contains 80 milligrams of caffeine. Strikeforce Energy is offering a discount to all the listeners of Deep Leadership. Go to StrikeforceEnergy.com and enter the discount code I Have the Watch, one word, for a 20% discount on every order. Deep Leadership is also brought to you by my Amazon best-selling book, I Have the Watch, Becoming a Leader Worth Following. This book is filled with 23 short stories on how you can become a more effective leader. It's super easy to read and most people finish it in less than two hours. Go to IHaveTheWatch.com and click the large orange button for signed copies. Enter the discount code IHaveTheWatch, one word, at checkout for 20% off your order and domestic shipping is always free. just touched on something that I think is very interesting. And it's something I talked about. I was in a little, um, uh, I was a leadership forum uh, this afternoon and we were talking a little bit about uh, vision. And um, so what the, what's, what's really interesting here is what, what's the vision for, vision for your company? Well, our mission statement is mission, to celebrate okay. nature uh, and inspire good through quality natural products. So and, insp- inspire good is through natural products, right? That, that's right. So, um, and to celebrate nature. So, you know, we're, we're focused on being responsible stewards of the environment. So how we operate, um, how our supply chain operates, we pay attention to that and just doing the right things like recycling, composting, all those sorts of things that we do 
at work. So, you know, we care, we care about the environment and we care about one another as well, but also celebrating nature is getting out in nature mm-hmm. and enjoying it. Um, we're an outdoor lifestyle company. Right, um, right. So, uh, so, so we love to get outdoors and inspiring good. You, you inspire good. You do good. You inspire good. Um, you know, that's, that's always a great lesson. You see things and you see people doing things responsibly and it encourages others to do the same thing. Um, and, and of course, it's all through the vehicle of quality natural products. Hmm. What's interesting is in this is that you've made a pivot, but you've stayed consistent with your mission. Correct, correct. And the sanitizer that we make is all natural, you know, 99.99% natural. That's that's incredible. You know, it's interesting. I was looking at another company, you know, Life is Good, the T-shirt company, right? That's and right. They have, yeah, they have a message to, or they have a, a, a vision to inspire positivity, right? Yes. And inspire a positive message. Well, they made a pivot as well, right, when this crisis came out. If you go on their website and you look at their T-shirts and their signage, it's all around um, it's all about the, the quarantine and, and Zoom meetings. They have the little golden retrievers, you know, looking at on, you know, on Zoom meetings. So they made a little bit of a pivot, but they kept a positive message towards, you know, wash your hands. We're going to get through this. A very positive message. So they stayed consistent with their, their mission, but they made a slight pivot to their product lines to, to be able to address the particular situation that exists. So I think similar to you, you've stayed consistent with your mission through this as well. So I think one thing leaders can take away from this, if you are going to pivot, pivot in a way that's consistent with the mission of your company, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we have a mission statement for a reason and, and ours has the specific words in it. It has for a reason. And it's something that we always want to be able to roll off easily because it's, it's, it's the foundation for, for what we are and, and how we are. So mm. yes, I agree. It's absolutely important. I love it. I love it. That's great. That's good to hear. And I didn't even think about that end of it until you started talking about your mission statement, but you made the pivot, but you stayed consistent with the mission. Absolutely. That's great. That's great. So um, just in general, what would you say some advice that you would give to leaders? What should leaders be doing differently in times like this compared to maybe business as usual? Well, sure. Um, Besides looking for those opportunities um, to help, I I say stay close to your team. Mm -hmm. Make sure you understand how they are. Make sure that they're doing well, because we don't always know the circumstances they're dealing with at home. But um, I would say, you know, good leadership is is always being in touch with your employees. And, And first of all, respect. You know, we always in under every situation, we want to make sure that we're being respectful to our employees and they're being respectful to one another. Mm. Uh, You build the right organization and it's founded on respect and dignity and and consideration. You know, you're going to you're going to be successful. Um, And Mm. so and so are your employees. So I would say just maintain, you know, that level of respect and consideration and know what's happening with your Mm. employees. So almost stepping up your communication, your one-on-one, your face-to-face, yeah. if you will, even if it's on uh, Zoom or whatever for those that are working home from home, but checking in to make sure everybody's doing well. 
And not, and yes, absolutely. So we're having obviously a, a lot more Zoom calls, um, you know, and we're still operating in manufacturing, but we're doing it very differently. Mm-hmm. So where we can be remote, we are remote. Um, okay. We're trying to keep the population in our facilities down as, as much as possible for Murphy's. But, um, you know, so, but don't just have the, the meetings, the group meetings, reach out individually. Yeah. Um, one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. And it might be a phone call. Sometimes it's just a quick text. How are you doing? Um, but, but have those zoom meetings as well. So you can see one another, so you can see their face and, you know, you can read so much from the expression on someone's face when mm. they say something versus just the words themselves. Yeah. Um, and, and it just, that's a really good way to stay in touch with your people. Mm, that's really good. I appreciate that. That's good. So that's uh, really interesting. So l- let me just ask, I've been asking this to all of my uh, guests that have been on the podcast. So what do you think are some characteristics of a great leader? Well, one of the things that I mentioned to you is, is respect. Mm. You know, you, you always have to respect your, your subordinates. If you have superiors, your superiors, your peers, that has to be, you know, a foundation. Um, and, and that always has to be the case, you know, show appreciation, um, you know, appreciate the, the people that you, you work with, um, you know, provide ownership and opportunity for them. Um, and then also just make sure that there is that level of brotherhood and camaraderie within your organization. Um, because if you're hitting those key points, you're going to have an organization that is solid. And even when something's miscommunicated, you know, maybe as the the boss, you're given the benefit of the doubt where they may say, you know what, I know him. I know that's not what he means or she means. And, uh, you know, you you have those opportunities to clarify. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, and so, and that's grace, right? And you want that yeah. to happen both yeah. directions. Yeah, that's outstanding. It must be it must be a naval officer thing. I don't know. It sounds like a lot of my leadership style as well. So I wonder if that's I wonder if we picked it up in the Navy. I don't know. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably uh, got a certain percentage of that for sure. But um, you know, I you know I've you know uh, I have the watch. You know, you, you have yeah, some yeah. points in there and some similar things. It's, and it was interesting looking through and and seeing in your book. You know, there's there's a lot of those same attributes. You know, that yeah, you focus yeah. on as a good leader. Um, and, uh, you know, I know one of the things that you have in there at the top of your list is respect and yeah, yeah, it it has to be there, right? Yeah. It's number one on our list in, in, uh, you know, of our values is respect. So I think when you say that, you know, I I smile because I don't hear that enough in leaders. So that's, uh, really resonates with me. So that's really good to hear. You know, it's one thing, um, it's the reason I wrote the book and the reason I talk about leadership so much is I'm frustrated that we have in corporate America, you typically have only 30% of employees are engaged. So we have 70% of employees that are disengaged at work. They're just coming in, they're clocking, you know, clocking in, they're doing their job and they're going home. They're, they're keeping their head down. They're not, they don't want to get in trouble. They just want to keep their job and they want to go home and they don't want to help and they don't want to be part of anything. And I think that um, it's a shame and it's sad because they're missing out. I think, I think we spend a lot of our waking hours at work. And why would you want to have that for a life? Why wouldn't you want to be more engaged with a team that's a brotherhood? It's a, you know, 
it, it's it's a, it's a team. It's it's in in our case, in my company, I would say it's more like family. We're we're a family. We like we look out for each other. And and why would you not want to be a part of that versus just kind of coming in and and uh, being miserable and going home? And and I think leaders need to learn how to you know turn that on with their employees. And I don't think enough leaders know how to do that. Well, I agree, John. And you know, that's, that's one of the key things too, is, is to open yourself up as a leader, mm. you know, to, to allow yourself to maybe be a little bit vulnerable. You got to be consistent uh, and mm. you got to be in, and, and you got to run your company. You have to do a job, you know, right. you're responsible right. there. But there's absolutely no reason in the world why those people can't feel good about being a part of that company. Yeah. They're not yeah. just, you know, it's not punching a clock and, and I'm, I'm sensitive to that, and I think mm-hmm. good good leaders are. But there are a lot of leaders out there who who have a scarcity mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like they feel like I have this certain amount of knowledge, and I need to keep a certain amount of it to myself. So yeah. I I know more than I'm. You know, that's that's not the way to be. <laughs> scarcity is is not it. You have to you have to lean in. You have to educate. You have to let people know what it is we're trying to achieve, not just do this, do that. You know, they need to understand what it is we're trying to achieve, why it is we're trying to achieve it and, and how we're going to go about it. And, and that happens together. But yeah, you need clarity, mm-hmm. um, you know, because if you're just doing the same job every day and you don't even know what the purpose of that job is, yeah, that's pretty defeating. Um, but if you come in, even if you're doing the same thing oftentimes, but you know that is a component of something that's important and meaningful, that changes everything. It's worthwhile work, right? And if right. you're doing something that's worthwhile and you know it's it has, you know, it it's it's inspiring good, right? It's you're you're doing something that's inspiring good, right? So you're maybe it's I'm just putting caps on a bottle, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's a product that's going out and it's doing you know, a mission that you've set aside and and you believe in. That's right. So you're putting the cap on that bottle. It may be that's what it is, um, but it's part of that quality product, right. you know, that we're achieving other things through that quality product. And so it's important, you know, if you have a quality product, then then you're serving your customer base and you're going to create loyalty and trust. And, and that's what any brand wants. And they should right. be trying to achieve but, you know, what can you do with the success of that business? Like, for instance, we give 2% of our gross revenue back to doing others good. Mm. So that's not, a, that's not of our gross profit. That's, that's off of revenue. our gross revenues. That's wow. right. And, you know, there are a lot of companies that don't have a 2% return a year. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so that is built into what we do. So the wow. more we sell, the higher our revenues are, the more we give, the more good we do. Um, and so there's importance in that too, knowing that, hey, we grow this company. It's good for all of us, but it's good for a lot of others as well. Mm, that's great. That's really good to hear. Very inspiring. That's Thanks. great. So, uh, Philip, how can people connect with you, find, uh, find out more about Murphy's Natural and, of course, the Loading Dock in Raleigh? Where can they go to find that information? Sure. Well, our website is murphysnaturals.com. 
So that's murphysnaturals.com. And on our website, you'll see a lot of great things on there. Give it a look. You know, you see our blog. It talks about some of the things we do, talks about our story, our mission. You can even see a picture of Murphy. Our company was named after our dog. I knew that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. He passed many years ago, but uh, he lives on through our company's brand. That's great. Um, So you can go on there and learn about Murphy's. Um, And then also you can go to uh, Loading Doc raleigh.com loading.raleigh.com and you can learn about our co-working space and see how we promote entrepreneurialism we we promote the worker um, and just what we're about in terms of creating community collaborative communities within the raleigh area and uh, you can see our different locations we started with the one that mm-hmm. you've been to, and we opened two more up this year. So wow. we have a total of three. Congratulations. And, yeah, thank you. And then we have a fourth one coming online in about 12 months um, wow. over near Meredith and NC State. And then okay. one in Wake Forest um, coming online in about uh, 18 months from now. Okay, that's where I live. So Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. It's going to be right on White Street. Oh, okay. I know right where that is. So Yeah. yeah oh, very absolutely. good. Well, um, I'll put all the links in the show notes. So if you're listening in you're, and you're, you're driving your car, I don't want you to stop and take notes. We'll put the uh, links to, uh, to Phillips companies uh, in the show notes so you can get that quickly uh, afterwards. So this is really good. So leaders, uh, hopefully you got a lot out of this. There's a lot of things here that you can, you can unpack and you can learn in your own company. I mean, first of all, the idea of mission and staying true to your mission, even if you pivot, staying true to that mission, the idea of um, you might have to pivot to think through that. And I like what Philip had to say. What kind of resources do you have that you possibly can use towards a pivot? What are your people? What are they motivated to do? How can they, um, you know, come up with ideas and, and inspire sort of the next uh, direction you should uh, move your company in. So this is really good uh, information. And then, you know, a lot of the stuff um, he talked about in terms of leadership, I think is really important. You really need to think about those things like like respect and uh, appreciating people and and getting them to have ownership and opportunity. And so in, in building a more of a team environment, a family environment, a brotherhood versus just people coming in and clocking into your company and then going home. So there's some really good things to, uh, you know, to, to consider when you listen to this podcast and listen to Philip's uh, leadership style and some of the great things he's doing uh, with his company. So Philip, this is really, really good. So I really appreciate your time and, and all of the, the wisdom you passed on today. John, thanks so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Well, I really enjoyed it, and uh, I'm going to be listening to this afterwards because I'm going to be because I was taking a little bit of notes, but uh, there's so many things I've learned that I want to uh, try to see if I can apply as well into my business. So, thank you, Philip. Oh, that's a compliment uh, coming from you. I really appreciate that. Thanks, John. Well, thank you. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. If you like this podcast, please subscribe and share so we can continue to build a world with better bosses. Until next time, this is John Rennie saying, take care and lead well. Thank you for listening to Deep Leadership. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all you do. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. For more information and updates, please visit our website at www.deepleadershippodcast.com or johnsrenny.com. Until next time, take care.
Hey, it's Tim from 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys, the comedy podcast you had no idea you needed. Join Ben, Jeff, and me as we continue our musical road trip back through the years and around the globe. See, just when you thought all white guys were like Joe Rogan, you come across three educators trying to remember when we were cool. 50 Years of Music with 50-Year-Old White Guys. Ever thought about starting your own podcast? Do you have a business or a message you want to share with the world? Well, now it's easier than ever with Electricast. Hi, I'm Mark Netter. And I'm Peter Rafelson. We're the founders of Electricast Media. Whether you want to start a new podcast or already have one, join Electricast to grow your audience, monetize your content, and build your community. With our simple sign-up, you get free promotion, world-class analytics, premium ads, and personal support. Go to Electricast.com and join our community today. Electricast. Transform your influence. Electricast.